ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر امور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد يا عباد الله الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah there is beyond the shadow of a doubt no question that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has sent down to us in the Quran that which is a guidance for every aspect of our lives there is no doubt that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has sent the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam teaching us in his sunnah that which is a guidance for every aspect of our lives and when we adhere to this guidance it will enrich every aspect and every facet of our lives we want to look at some of the guidelines and some of the guidance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he calls us to in the Quran some of the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he commands us with inside of his noble book because then we will be able to see and understand a little better how the guidance benefits and enriches our lives Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inside of the Quran ya'mur bit-taqwa he commands us to fear him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he commands us to have piety to have reverence for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah ta'ala he says wa iyaya fattaqun and unto me shall you fear fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fearing Allah ta'ala by doing those things in which Allah ta'ala he has made obligatory upon us fearing Allah ta'ala by carrying out the obligations fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by bringing forth righteous good deeds so on and so forth also you find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he commands us with 
ikhlas ya'muru bi ikhlas al-ibadah he commands us to have sincerity in worshiping him so that all of our worship belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all of our worship belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says wa ma umiru illa liya'budullaha mukhlisina lahu ad-din and that they were not commanded except to worship Allah alone making all of their religion sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah ta'ala he says iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'in it is only you alone who we worship it is only you alone who we ask for help aid and assistance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says fa iyyaya farhabun and unto me shall you fear meaning fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by staying away from those things that are haram fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by staying away from those things that are haram but one reflects upon this now fear Allah by staying away from those things that are haram he will see that Islam permeates every aspect of his life that Islam it is not as the westerners see it or not as the westerners adorn from themselves with regards to their religions it is not a religion in the sense of a western understanding of religion because with the western understanding of religion religious religion is an aspect of an individual it's an aspect of an individual they compartmentalize their existence so on one hand they're from this particular religion on the other hand they are a boss on the other hand they are a father or a mother on the other hand they are a teacher or educator on the other hand they are this or that to the end of it whereas the muslim this is not our understanding of deen this is not our understanding and this is why the word religion really is a lacking translation for the word deen The word deen is not a religion that we can put away when it's convenient for us as you find those who come with this difference and differentiation between religious here father here boss there so on and so forth is that they will put their religion to the side when it's time for them to be the boss they will put their religion to the side when it's talking about education and rearing of the children they'll put their religion to the side when it comes to being a ceo and so on and so forth whereas the muslim this is not our way We are Muslim and our Islam it mandates for us what we are to do what we are to stay away from in every aspect of our lives so therefore if we are bosses and the like CEOs and the like then we are Muslims who are CEOs we are not CEO Muslims but we are Muslims who are CEOs so therefore we will conduct ourselves we will conduct our business in a way that complies to the rules of Islam If we are a father we can't say no put the religion to the side I'm a father now now I got to speak father to son father to daughter no we are muslims who are fathers muslims who are mothers so therefore we're interacting with our children we interact with them in a way in which that islam has taught us and so on and so forth from the many facets and aspects of our lives so you find when you examine this ayah fear Allah by staying away from that which is haram fear Allah by staying away from that which is prohibited then this will enter into every aspect of our lives a person he is a salesman a person he is a boss a person is conducting business so on and so forth fear Allah by staying away from those things that Allah has made haram fear Allah don't cheat the people
Fear Allah, do not deceive the people. Fear Allah, do not swindle the people. Fear Allah, don't lie to the people. Fear Allah, be honest. So you find that Islam, it will mandate, it will give him guidance in how he does business. So he's not going to lie, he's not going to cheat, he's not going to swindle, so on and so forth, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made these things haram. It is a must, ya ibad, that we fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that we ask for Allah ta'ala's help and his aid. And that we seek his assistance. And that we put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, he says, as he commands us, وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ And upon Allah, put your trust if you are believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He commands us to put our trust in Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He commands us to ask Him for aid, help, and assistance. But with this, Ya Ibad, it's important to know that it is binding upon us that we take the asbab as the alama, the imam, Imam al-Albani, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he mentions that the understanding for tawakkul ala Allah will best as the saying goes. Put your trust in Allah and that's it. He said this is ghayr sahih This is not authentic. This is not correct. This concept, put your trust in Allah and that's it. He said this is not correct. He said, لا بد من أخب الأسباب He said, but it is a must that we take the means and the causes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not command us to put our trust in Him and then sit on our hands. But rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to put our trust in Him and then to work hard. Then to work hard to achieve that which benefits us. Then to work hard. Then to put forth much effort while we are putting our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is illustrated in the hadith that has come in Sahih Muslim. Where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Ihras ala ma He says, Be diligent. Ihras ala ma Be diligent with regards to that which benefits you. Strive hard after that which benefits you. Put forth effort in the attainment and to attain that which benefits you. But then the Prophet wasallam, so as to remind us of the reality, he وسلم, he said, And put your trust and rely upon Allah. Rely upon Allah. Ask Allah for aid. Ask Allah for assistance. And don't be weak. Don't be lazy. Don't be lethargic. But when you look at this, you see the balance that Islam brings. Chase after that which benefits you. But put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Allah for aid. Ask Allah for help. Ask Allah for assistance. So yes, we put our trust in Allah. But at the same time, we have to take the asbab. We have to take the means and the like. And from the greatest means of attaining that which will benefit us from the greatest means of attaining that which will be good for us is that we make dua 
that we supplicate and we beseech Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, He says, فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا And do not call upon others along with Allah. Do not call upon others along with Allah. Ya ibad. If we were to apply these Islamic guidelines, rules and regulations, we will see that our lives will be enriched. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us, do not call upon other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah commands us to implement and to establish tawheed, to implement and to establish the ikhlas, the sincerity for Allah ta'ala alone. This is a must. Because this is what's going to benefit us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He reminds us about the reality of the righteous ones. The righteous ones who some of mankind have become mistaken with regards to them. So you find them directing acts of worship to them. Be they Uzair, or be they Isa, or be they Muhammad, alayhum salatu wassalam, or be they the awliya, or whoever. You will find that people, they dedicate aspects of worship to righteous ones, like Uzair. Or to prophets and messengers like Muhammad wa Isa alayhum salatu wassalam. Or to righteous individuals who have passed away and the like. But this is not correct. This is going against what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He has commanded us to do. So you don't seek aid by calling upon Isa. You do not seek aid by calling upon Muhammad. You do not seek aid by calling upon Uzair. You do not seek aid by calling upon the angels and so on and so forth. But rather we seek aid by calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make our dua, our supplications to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is not from the way of Islam. It is not from the way of the Muslims to go down to the graveyards and to ask wali so and so for anything. It is not from the way of the Muslims to call upon wali so and so for anything. This is contrary to Al-Islam. This is the opposite of Al-Islam. This is not from Al-Islam. This is not from what Allah Ta'ala has commanded us to do in the Qur'an. But rather Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, He commanded us to establish the worship to Him and to Him alone. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, He tells us the reality of the righteous ones. Allah tells us the reality of those who are righteous from the prophets and the messengers like Isa and like Muhammad alayhum salatu wassalam. Allah Ta'ala, He tells us the reality of those who are righteous from those who are not prophets and messengers like Uzair and so on and so forth. Where Allah Ta'ala, He says, إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ That verily these righteous ones, they used to Rush and hasten to doing good deeds. And they used to call upon us out of hope and out of fear. And verily they were humble to us. They used to humble themselves to us. Those ones whom people are calling upon, these were those who called upon Allah. Uzair used to call upon Allah. Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, he used to call upon Allah. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasalam, he used to call upon Allah. Anybody who was righteous, they call upon Allah. So call upon Allah alone, as they used to call upon Allah. Don't call upon them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he 
informs us of the reality of this situation. As Allah Ta'ala, He says, That is Allah, your Lord. To Him belongs the dominions of the heavens and the earth and all that's therein. وَالَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ مَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِن But those ones who you call upon other than Him, other than Allah, they do not own even the thin membrane that goes over the date stone. They don't even own that. Allah Ta'ala, He says, إِن تَدْعُوهُمْ لَا يَسْمَعُوا دُعَاءَكُمْ if you call upon them, they don't hear your supplication. And even if they heard it, they won't answer you. Why? Because they can't. Allah Ta'ala goes on and He says, And on the day of resurrection, they will disbelieve, they will make kufr in your shirk. They will disbelieve in the shirk that you used to make in their name. They will free themselves from it. They will want nothing to do with it. Allah Ta'ala, He goes on and He says, وَلَا يُنَبِّئُكُمْ مِثْلُ And no one will inform you like the one who was all informed. No one will inform you like the one who was all informed. So understand, Ya Ibad, that if we want success, then we have to apply the rules and regulations. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in the Qur'an and from them is to establish the Tawheed. Because if we were to call upon others, then we will hurt ourselves, we will harm ourselves, we will cripple ourselves, we will destroy ourselves, pollute ourselves, annihilate ourselves. So this won't benefit us in any aspect of our life. Not in our life in this world, nor our life in the hereafter. Whereas, if we establish the Tawheed and we call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this will be that which will enrich our lives. This will be that which will benefit us in this life and in the hereafter. So we have to be of those who establish the Tawheed. We have to be of those who establish the Tawheed. Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَلَا تَدْعُوا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَنْفَعُكَ وَلَا يَضُرُّكَ Allah Ta'ala, He says, and do not call upon other than Allah those things that cannot help you, nor those things that can benefit you, or nor those things that can harm you. Do not call upon Allah those things that don't benefit you, nor those things that can't harm you. Allah Ta'ala, He says, فَإِن فَعَلْتَ فَإِنَّكَ إِذَا مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ And if you were to do it, then, then at that point, you will be from the criminals. If you were to do that, if you were to call upon that which can't help you, nor can it hurt you, then you will be from the criminals. You will be from those who put things in an improper place. You will be, you will be from those who oppress themselves. Those who transgress the bounds and harm themselves. You will be from the true criminals. Until other than that, from the ayat, ya ibad, which call us to establish a tawheed, to be sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because this is the foundation of a good life. This is the foundation of happiness. Is that we have ikhlas, that we have sincerity, is that we establish the tawheed, all of our ibadah is for Allah and Allah Ta'ala alone, and that we are those who are obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is that which is the foundation to a happy life, to happiness, to success in this world and in the next. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who are successful in this life and in the next life. Hada aqulu qulihada wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum fastaghfiru.
Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah wa ba'd Ya ibad is a must that we adorn ourselves with the rules and regulations as it comes in the Qur'an It is a must that we adorn ourselves with the rules and regulations as it comes in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam Because this is that which will bring our success, this is that which will enrich our lives, this is that which will lead to happiness, this is that which will uh, keep us afloat when things get rough. This is that which will help us to maintain our sanity when our lives become seemingly crazy. This is that which will help keep us grounded when our feet feel like they're shaky. So therefore you find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His noble book, He commands us with sabr. He commands us to be patient. Now you see, Ya Ibad, the one who has the strong ikhlas, the one who has strong sincerity to Allah Ta'ala, the one who is fearing Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, the one who is establishing the tawheed, then you will find that what? That his sabr will be tremendous. His patience will be tremendous. His patience will be amazing. So the more we are fearing of Allah, the more we are sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the better we will be able to cope with the difficulties of life. The better we will be able to cope with the trials of life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu sta'inu bisabri wa salat. Inna allaha ma'asabireen. Allah ta'ala, He says what means, O you who believe, seek help. With prayer and patience. Seek help with prayer and patience. Verily Allah is with those who are patient. Verily Allah is with those who are patient. The person that has this strong iman, he realizes this reality. That Allah Ta'ala, He was with those who are patient. So therefore this helps him. When the calamity strikes, it helps him to act in a manner that is befitting for the believer. It helps him to act in a manner that is amazing, a manner that is astonishing, a manner that is truly magnificent. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, فَاصْبِرْ صَبْرًا jamila." And be patient with the beautiful patience. The Salaf, the ulama from the Salaf, they explain that what is meant by a beautiful patience, and I want you to understand this now. Because this is the patience of a person who's upon Tawheed. This is the patience of a person who has sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the patience of a person who has strong iman. This is the patience of a person who fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They said that what is meant by a beautiful patience, they say, they said that the beautiful patience is that patience that the person who was afflicted, the person who was afflicted with a calamity whilst he's amongst the people, you will not be able to recognize him. That the one who was afflicted with a calamity, the one going through a trial and tribulation, will be upon such a beautiful patience that if you were to peer into the crowd, he will not stand out. He won't stand out. He won't be looking all down, distraught, and whatever else from the signs of which sadness expressed themselves on the limbs of a person. But he'll be unrecognizable. Why? 
because of his ikhlas, because of his sincerity, because of the strength of his iman, because he fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will bring him to this magnificent patience, this amazing patience that he will be afflicted in amongst the people and he won't be able to tell by looking that he is afflicted with anything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Inna Allah ma'asabirin. Verily, Allah is with those who are patient. So when the calamity strikes, like they're going to strike, when the test comes, like they're going to come, this is life. Tests are going to come. That's a part of life. So when the test comes, that's going to come anyway. If you're patient, then know Allah ta'ala is with you. And if Allah Ta'ala is with you, what calamity can sink you? If Allah Ta'ala is with you, what calamity can destroy you? No calamity can destroy you when Allah Ta'ala is with you. This is how, ya ibad, you see, if we apply the Islamic rules, it permeates every aspect of our lives and makes it better. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He says in His noble book, and the one, and for the one who is patient, and he forgives, فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمِنَ عِزْمِ الْأُمُورِ That verily that is from the most amazing of things, the most great of affairs. Those things in which Allah Ta'ala encourages us to do. I don't want you just to look or listen to this ayah and let it go in one ear and out the other. I want you to contemplate on it. Contemplate on its application, how we can apply it. Whoever is patient and he forgives. He's patient and he forgives. Verily that is from the most great of affairs. Those things which Allah Ta'ala has encouraged us to do. Imam Ibn Abi Dunya, he brings in his tremendous book called As-Sabr. It's a tremendous book called Patience. The Imam Rahimullah Ta'ala, he brings a narration where he says, Sabba Rajulun Rajulan. That a man, he verbally abused another man. That a man, he verbally abused another man. Said to him words unbefitting. So the man who got verbally abused, the man who got mistreated verbally, right? He stood up. He stood up. And he was wiping the sweat off his off his face. This is how upset he was. This is how angry he was. That this man just verbally abused him. Man just told him off. Man said to him words that were unbefitting. It got him mad. He got angry. So much so he starts sweating. He stood up, wiping the sweat from his face. But at the same time, he was wiping the sweat off his face. He's mad now. He was reciting. He was reciting this ayah. And that the one for the one who is patient and he forgives, then verily that is from the most great of affairs. So there was no reprisal. There was no rebuttal. There was no response. 
even as mad as he was, even as moved as he was, even what he felt from what he felt, he was patient and he forgave. He was patient and he forgave. He pardoned, he overlooked, he let it slide. Because he remembered this ayah and how it is to be applied. So I want us to reflect upon this because there's going to come a time in each one of our lives where we're going to need to apply this ayah. There's going to come a point in every one of our lives that we are going to need to apply this ayah. So when we're in those situations that necessitate the application of this ayah, don't forget about the guidance that Allah Ta'ala commands you with in the Quran and apply this ayah. Be patient and forgive because verily that is from the most great of affairs. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who are able to implement these rules and commandments that we have heard from his noble book and of those who are adorned and blessed with outstanding character and that he saves us from all lowly ways and all lowly paths and makes us of those who hear a statement and follow the best of it and make us of those who do that which he loves and that which he is pleased with هذا أقول قولي هذا واستغفر لي ولكم وأقيم الصلاة